1: well you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds what could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds let odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs advertise with odyssey visit ads.odyssey.com well
2: good morning it's probably not so good if you're a gopher football fan the clocks have fallen back and so have you, more than likely. Good morning. Dave Schwartz, Pete Nigerian Charlie Weiss. Great to have you with us on the huddle on Sunday, November 5th. Wherever should we start today, shall we, Pete? Uh, this yeah. is this is a sad Sunday if you're a Gopher football fan. Probably a little mad. Probably a little annoyed. Uh, it, it was a game of missed opportunities. It was a game of old themes coming back to bite them in the butt. It was another difficult and, and and frankly inexcusable loss uh, at this point in in PJ Flex tenure they lose to northwestern yesterday uh, excuse me illinois yesterday <laughs> northwestern early in the season they lose to illinois yesterday they allow a backup quarterback to throw the game winning touchdown and i <laughs> i have been a huge supporter of PJ Fleck and, and as a person I like PJ Fleck. This is this is kind of where the lines get blurred right in in our professions. There's there's a personal side of people we meet and cover. And there and there's a job uh side of it. You know, the, and and there's a there can be both. They can coexist. While I think PJ Fleck is a great person, I'm not thrilled with the way he's things have been handled this year. And I think it's you heard that quote a little while ago uh, in in the news at the top of the hour where he said things in November, uh, they're magnified. And all I could think of was yesterday, in in listening to his quote after that, is what they've done with Ethan Kaliak-Manus to this point. And yes, things become magnified in November. And the fact that they have played it safe and have not put him in situations where he could build his confidence it came back to bite them yesterday. And, and in specific, you know, that, that, that late play where they have a chance, uh, to, to, to ice it, it just keep, you know, just keep going. Uh, it's a tough one, Pete, what are your thoughts?
3: Well, you know, I, I think it's interesting. It's always easy to blame the quarterback, right? And I think that's something that people consistently do. They always point to the quarterback, um, Sometimes I think that's right, and sometimes I don't think that's right. And uh, yesterday, I'm not saying he played a great, perfect game with Cali yeah. but he, well, it, he, he had three touchdowns, uh, Yeah, that's not so bad. Um, it was a very even game in the first half. It was the back and forth, and that's kind of what the Big Ten is right now. You've got Ohio State and Michigan and Penn State. And then you've kind of got the next grouping, right, of of teams, and it's amazing how tight and how similar they might be, even if the records are slightly different. But let's be honest: now Illinois is a four and five football team; uh, yeah. we're a five and four football team. Look how close that is. Everybody in the mm-hmm. West seems to be trying to figure out who's the who's going to be the, the 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 one that actually gets to the Big Ten championship game, because nobody seems to want to take it for whatever reason. They just they they fumble when they don't need to. And I think the one thing about Caliak Manis yesterday that, that, that gets lost in the shuffle is he got hit a lot. He got he sacked. Did. And 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 I don't think that everybody always takes that into account. You know, they our offensive line has been generally pretty good, I think, this year. But there were some plays yesterday where he, he got sacked. He got hit pretty good. And they have a very good couple of players on that defensive line. There's there's one thing that Illinois has done well. If you look at last year, they put a lot of kids off of that team into the NFL, and mm-hmm. and many of them are starters at whatever teams they may have been drafted by. But they still have some talent down there as well. And I, I I'm not giving any excuses to to any of this. The, you can't make the mistakes that they made in the second half. You great teams don't do that. And right. I think that that's what we were watching yesterday was a team that that let receivers get into position to make those kind of plays and. When you give up a 54-yard touchdown pass and a 46-yard touchdown pass, that's not something that the Gophers normally have done, and that's that's something that I think was a little bit surprising to me. And and the fact that, as like you said, they they brought in the backup, Paddock, the backup quarterback, <laughs> yeah. and he looked yeah. incredible. Just to add a little insult to injury, you know, the, the crazy part is they had three turnovers, yeah. uh, and yet they still managed to get themselves into position to win that football game. And I hate to say it. Normally what we would say would be, well, that's what good teams do. They, they recover off of mistakes. The problem was that the mistakes made by the gopher defense, uh, that's what cost us the game. They yeah, it was... gave them the opportunities in yep. the second half to be there. And that's, that was what was so disappointing. I know we started off the game pretty soft also uh, that, that we all get that. But I think once we got to the halftime, I think the Gophers felt like they were a team that was destined to probably close this thing up. And yet we didn't. And that's the problem. And that's something that I know people have talked about it already. Everybody's talking about it. And that's part of this whole conversation about, well, that's kind of PJ Fleck football. And whether or not you believe that or not, everybody's got their side of that. But there are games that people can point to where they say, how did you lose that game? You yeah. can't lose that game. And Illinois was probably that game this year. Yeah. And it's their
2: second one. I mean, let's yeah. be honest, because Northwestern was the same way. It was it was sure. a complete collapse. Um, mm-hmm. What bothered me most, I think, yesterday, Pete, is not just the the go ahead touchdown, not the you know the second and nine and the third, they a swing pass for a touchdown and th- those pursuit angles. And PJ talked about it in his press conference, they were brutal. I mean, they just mm-hmm. they clearly did not expect that guy to hit the outside with speed, yeah. uh, and he did. Um, but what really bothered me, and and I think this just comes down to where you are in, in your football school of thought is it, it's the end of the first half. Ethan Kalanick, man, I think at that point was like nine for 11. He's got a couple touchdown passes mm-hmm. and, and they take a field goal instead of trying to, to really go for points or to really, to, you know, to really, really put it because I think also didn't Illinois, the one of their big pass rushers was out in the first half because the suspension and yep. he was coming back in the second. So to me, if you know that, and your quarterback is slinging it pretty well, why the field goal? And and I know this just fundamentally comes down to where I am on this. I don't believe in the whole, well, let's just take whatever points we can get. That's not playing to win. It's playing not to lose, and it's playing to keep it close, and I don't like that. I don't care where you are in the game, unless it's the last second, obviously, then if you can win it with the field goal. Mm -hmm. But I hate the whole, like, let's just take the points. And let's just, we'll go to the, you know, go to the second half and see what happens. Uh, that bugged me a lot, Pete. And, and I could mm-hmm. not really get over that one. And that was one of the decisions to me where I went, listen, at some point, you've got to take a chance and just go. Mm-hmm. It bugged me.
3: Well, well and th- what bothers, uh, I think, a lot of fans out there as well is that, you know, there are times where we take those risks. I'm thinking about the times where we're deep in our own territory and we're going (laughs) on a fourth down or something like that. We take those risks. And yet when we go and we're in a position there, like you said, maybe to put the hammer down, you'd score a touchdown on that drive and things go into halftime a lot different. Right. But settling for the field goal is settling. And to your point, you know, it's playing not to lose and, and, if you're playing to win, you probably do go for it there. You don't go for the fourth and one down on your own 20, but you right. do go for it, and you go for the touchdown down there just to bury them. I mean, I've always used the expression, and I hope it doesn't offend people, but you know, you put your boot on their neck, and yeah. that's what you're doing when you go for the the points. You are putting the boot on their neck, and you're choking them, and you're going to get them in a position where they're going to finally fold. But they didn't have to fold because they only gave up the three points. And I think from a mild mindset, to your point, you go in there and you say at halftime, you know, we're we're right there, guys. We're 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 down seventeen, fourteen. We're we're there. We're we're where we wanna be because we're on the road and if we can come out of this locker room, we've got a shot to take these guys. And I think that's the mentality that Bielema had and Illinois had. And, you know, like you you said, all of a sudden a backup quarterback comes in there, he goes three for three, throws 85 yards and a touchdown pass. So uh, they really felt the confidence clearly on the Illinois side.
2: Charlie, go ahead. I know you have a lot to say. You, You were jumping in there.
4: Yeah, no. I, I mean, I think we're we're talking about that third down uh, run play uh, up the middle on uh, yes. third and seven or so at uh, towards the end of the half. That it just it just feels cowardly. I know that's the word that I use to describe a lot of the play calling that Minnesota has done, particularly at the ends of halves. It's it's always been a pretty cowardly approach to to playing the game. But I mean, I my question for you guys: What do you associate more at this point in his tenure with PJ Fleck? Is it the wins over the Wisconsins and the Iowas, which he absolutely has done? He's he's beaten Iowa now. He's beaten Wisconsin multiple times, both away and at home. Huge victories that you know do, really do resonate in this state. Or is it these inexplicable year after year losses to the teams like Northwestern, Illinois, Purdue, uh, that just should not happen? What do you associate more with the tenure at this point? Oh boy. <laughs>
3: You can go I, first, I mean, Dave.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I'll, it's hard, right? It's, it's, are you a glass half full or a glass half empty kind of person? Um, I, I remember some of the nice, the, the bowl wins. I remember um, some of the bigger games in the, you know, those Wisconsin's and in, in the Iowa, but let's be honest that Iowa game this year, and, and this will touch mm-hmm. a nerve, but that was kind of a steal. I mean, they, they, they won that because they had a technicality kind of go their way. And mm-hmm. so that I, I throw that out a little bit, and that's the truth. Disagree with me. That's fine. But I think at this point in his tenure, it, it, you can only have, you can't. Here's what bothers me. Once in a season, I hate it, but okay. But twice in one season where you have a complete and utter collapse of your team, that that's not good. And, and it makes me wonder. Um, it makes me wonder how, how hot his seat is right now i i really do it's when it happens twice if it happens once it's a mistake you know shame on you it happens twice shame on me right i mean i just when twice in one season bothers me pete
3: well and it, you know the reality is this and i think charlie uh, is probably on the same side as i am it's great that you beat wisconsin it's great that you beat iowa those are our rivals that's what you want to do but that's what we look at more as we expect that to happen. With a yeah. good coach, we expect that we're going to have the opportunity and hopefully get over that line and win those games. The problem I have is you cannot have the Northwesterns and the Illinois games. And and obviously some of the games even going back, it seems like every year there's one or two games that we look at and we say – had we won that game then, you know, and, and it's, you know, that's the big problem because it's great that we win those games against Wisconsin and Iowa. Certainly. I mean, that's uh, I'm right there with everybody else, but uh, you can't have those other games where you just screwed up. And And, and the Northwestern game is a great, it's almost the perfect (laughs) example of that whole thing. Go, go, go. I don't want to interrupt you. Go ahead. Well, it just all came down to the, we go into that game. We'd lost to a very good North Carolina team. We had a little bit of momentum going, easier games. Nebraska wasn't the team they are now, and and not that Nebraska is great, but they're a better team now than they were at game week one. But you know, then to come back and go to Northwestern, we have it. We have the game almost won, but not quite. And and then we allow them to get right back in it. Next thing you know, we're going toe to toe, and they get the victory. So, those are the those are the signature losses that I think add up. And there seems like there's one or two of those every single yeah. year.
2: Here's my problem, Pete, and I'm glad that you said this because, and, and we're going to open up the the lines, the city's one plumbing talking text line six five one four six one nine two two six. We'll talk. We got gophers here for the first half hour, okay. but here's my problem, that even a bigger problem. To complete your sentence, we would have done if it wasn't for that game. This the problem is this time, Pete. Mm-hmm. If you don't win, if you win that game. You win a Big Ten West title or you at least contend for it.
4: The last one, mind you. The very last one. This was the last
2: opportunity. If you beat, if not for the Northwestern game, if not for the Illinois game, you are in the driver's seat for a Big Ten West title. It's not, you know, and that's what really gets me. It's not, hey, if we had won this, we would have gone to the Pinstripe Bowl for the third time or something like that, you know? (laughs) It's if not for those two games, even just one of those games. We're talking about going for a Big Ten West title, and I mm-hmm. think I think that that's really tough to come back from if you're P.J. Fleck. All right, we're going to take a break. Asking you this morning, and I'd love to hear your – we, we want to hear from you. How hot is P.J. Fleck's seat this morning on a scale of 1 to 10? Really quick, guys, how hot on a scale of 1 to 10? Give me a
4: number.
3: Charlie, Four. what do you got?
4: Four? I don't think it's that hot. P- I, I, maybe it should be, but I don't think it is.
3: You know, I, I, I'm right there with Charlie. I, I don't think it it's, it probably should be a little bit hot, hotter, actually, maybe. <laughs> but I think it's a four.
2: I'm going to go with a seven. I want to hear what you want to see as well. 651-461-9226. <laughs> two, two, Calls, text, cities, one plumbing, talk and text line. We'll talk Gophers for the next 10 minutes. We're taking a break, though. We'll be right back on The Huddle.
1: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
2: Good song. Welcome back to The Huddle. Dave Schwartz, Pete Najarian, Charlie Weiss. Great to have you with us. We're talking Gophers this morning. Uh, if you're waking up and you're just hearing this, I'm I'm sorry to deliver the news that they lost to Illinois uh, yesterday we're going to go to the phone line 651 it's the city's one plumbing talk and text line we got paul steve and ken all in the hopper uh charlie who are we going to first let's go paul here all right paul good morning how you feeling today good
5: morning like your show guys hey pj's only a two on the scale okay and the reason why is pj's very much <clears throat> like tubby smith he's an excellent recruiter he runs a clean program, does a great job graduating and developing young men, and he's a good coach. But he's not a great field coach. That was the way Tubby Smith was. Mm. We got rid of Tubby and basketball to upgrade, and look at where the basketball program is now. great point. So you got to face the reality. We're the 14th largest advertising market in the United States. You get what you're paid for. Unfortunately, D1 NCAA sports, pro sports, it's all about money and we're a smaller market team, we're not going to compete money-wise. And Pete's right. As you go to NLI, it's more and more about money. He's about as good as we're going to get with the money we have to work with. Hopefully we get, you know, a few more uh, blue-chip, you know, four-red recruits and can win these close games. But remember, we only won the Iowa and Nebraska games by one play.
2: That's great. Yep. So Good point
5: you are you are what you do. Yeah. And so I think PJ is as good as we're going to do. I think he's only a 2. I'm not.
2: All right. Thank you Paul. Great. By the way, great point. And I know we got this to the to the text line as well. Um, the idea that maybe the devil you know is better than the devil you don't, right? I mean, we we know what PJ is. We know what he's good at, we know what he's not. Look at what the go for basketball program's done since they got rid of Tubby Smith. That's a great great point. Yeah, great I, I
3: totally agree with you, David. As a matter of fact, uh, it was a great call. I think he's right on every single point, and and NIL is an issue. Uh, yep. There are there are schools out there that their NIL money dwarfs us, and it's not even in the same ballpark, and that makes it that much more difficult. But also, as he mentioned, it is game day coaching that that's been an issue for sure. Uh, it's the game day. We have great recruiting. PJ does a wonderful job. He's got a clean program, as as was said. But it's that game day where some of that decision making has cost us over the years. I mean, we—you yep. could almost go directly, Dave, to certain big time losses and yep. say, "Well, had we not called that play at that moment, we probably would have won that game." And that's, I think, the part—the part that's really difficult to swallow.
2: Great point. Good, good, good. Let's head back to the phone lines now. Cities One Plumbing Talking Text Line six five one four six one nine two two six. This is a Gopher Therapy Line. With uh, Dave, Pete, and Charlie. Steve, do we have Steve? What's going on, Steve?
6: Hey, guys. Look, Pete, I'm not going to call you sunshine pumping Pete anymore. I'm just going to call you sunshine because you're a little more realistic as to what's going to go on forward. Let's look historically real brief. Barry Alvarez in his fourth year. Hayden Fry in his third year. Ferentz in his fourth year. Barnett in his fourth year. Tiller in his fourth year. They all went to the Rose Bowl or Orange Bowls. Those are non-Ohio State Michigan coaches that turned it around Pretty quickly. PJ's in his seventh year. He's finished. He'll finish in the top 25 of the AP poll once in seven years. He's 3-13 against teams that finish the year that they play them, finish in the top 25. Does that mean he's an awful coach? No. Does that mean he's borderline mediocre? Probably. Now, you, you're, you guys are comparing it to Wacker, to Mason, et cetera, et cetera. That's not who you should – those aren't the people you're playing to win the Big Ten Championship. And as time goes on, I feel he's hit his ceiling at Minnesota. Why do I say that? Oregon, Washington, UCLA, USC. Oh, by the way, we got Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State.
2: All right, Steve, thanks. Always bringing it all. (laughs) <laughs> That's steve a great always go- brings
6: it. i'm just glad we didn't go through the rest of the
2: schedule again but i appreciate steve
3: but you know what when steve and i did that as you yeah. remember all of a sudden i realized wow i'm at six and five and yeah. and as i'm looking at it right now yeah. we're five and four uh I, I see a win against purdue but ohio state wisconsin uh we might be right about where we thought and
2: ohio state's on the road too good yeah good luck with that all right before we head to break let's grab Kenny's on the cities win plumbing talk text line good morning
7: ken Good morning. Um, as far as rating, uh, Fleck, I think I would rate him about a five. Yeah, I think um, that's fair. Because, because, uh, he, uh, he's done some good things as far as our rival uh, teams. I mean, he was responsible for uh, Wisconsin firing their coach they just couldn't get up over, uh, losing to Minnesota, which they did, uh, three out of four games. I believe if my numbers are right. And, uh, so uh, I'd give him that, but this ridiculous uh, uh, field coaching, I guess uh, that's, yeah. that's put it right. He's not a good field coach, and he doesn't do decisions right. And uh, it's like he doesn't know what he should do when he's coaching on the field. And uh, he just walks up and down the sideline. And also the quarterback, uh, he's way too tentative. I mean, he he doesn't play like he has any confidence, and uh, so he they haven't
2: given him a reason call. to have confidence.
7: So that that's my whole argument. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, well, in a way, it's 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 not a good sign. Yeah. All right,
2: Ken. Thank you. Uh, he, he listen. He's right, and Pete, we're hearing this over and over again that that. PJ's best asset right now is that there's no one else out there, I think, who who um, would be better than him at this point. And Ken made a point. You said this last week, and I, and I thought about it a lot as I was watching the game yesterday. And you're a hundred percent right. When Cali Manis makes his first read and throws to it, it's a heck of a throw. It's a dart. It's where it needs to be. It's great. But the longer he holds onto that ball the more he his confidence drops and there's a chance of a mistake. And I watched that yesterday a bunch of them, And every time I'm hitting myself, I'm going, dang, Pete was 100% right. He was right every time.
3: Yeah, he just has to get rid of the ball. And, yeah. and, 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 you know, some of the issues that he has as far as like, uh, sometimes you, it is the offensive line. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes he's holding the ball too long, but that's where the coaches have to tell him that, right? Dave, they've got to put him in position to have success. Yeah. I love that at least he was, he threw the ball to Spanford. Spanford, the last couple of games has actually looked pretty Yes, pretty solid. He looked five catches. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 58 yards. He had a 31 long. He's a, he's a player. He's an athlete and just get that guy, the ball. I'll tell you what, if I'm looking for the easy passes, the short passes to get the confidence back into a kid who's completely lost his confidence, that's where I'm going him the running backs on little swing passes, get rid of the ball in less than two seconds. That's how you get your quarterback into position to have confidence.
2: Do you remember when Mitch Trubisky... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump to the NFL and then we got to take a break. But do you yeah. remember when Mitch Trubisky came in for the Bears and, and just dismantled the Vikings and looked like he was the next coming of Jim McMahon? <laughs> yeah. The way that it happened, if you remember, it literally... They just went out route, out route, a little bit over the middle, out route. Out. I mean... It was not a super complicated playbook. Mm-hmm. It just got the ball out of his hands and into the receiver, and he got, grew confident, and more confident as the game went on. Now that didn't stay clearly for <laughs> Mitch Trubisky, but it worked in that game. I, I would like to, and we don't, we don't know what what it would look like if he if he continued to, but I would like to see Cali McManus get some more more chances to throw the ball. Or, and we'll talk about this later. What would this offense look like if P.J. could land a legit quarterback in the in, in the transfer portal? And and I think when you look at the quarterbacks he's had, it's been Tanner Morgan and it's been Nathan Kelly-Manus, and neither one of those guys are amazing. They're okay. They're okay game managers. So we'll talk about that later. We'll also continue to get to your calls and texts as well. They're coming hot and heavy here talking about the Gophers. We'll continue that, but we're going to take a quick break.
4: You're listening to The Huddle on 830-WCCO. All right, we're a little behind here, so let's get right into this. After a bit of a slow start, uh, we'll start with P tier. After a bit of a slow start with a bad loss to Toronto in their opening game and a massive blown lead to Atlanta, the Wolves seem to have gotten their feet under them at least a little bit with some major wins over the Nuggets and really beating down the Jazz. The most telling stat, though, so far this season I don't know if you guys have seen this yet. Last year, the Wolves held their opponents to under 100 points four times all season long. Mm -hmm. So far this year, four times in five games under 100 points. Uh, A lot of that, though, has to do with a resurgent Rudy Gobert in the center of that defense. He's really cemented himself at this point as a Defensive Player of the Year candidate if he can continue the way that he is playing. After four games? Sorry, go ahead. Five games, five games. Five games, sorry, go Uh, ahead. Yeah, no, he's been... That good, he has been the best net defensive player in the NBA over five games. Yes, I understand it's five games, but he has been far and away the best defensive player in the sport, uh, which is what you expected when you traded for him. And so my question is... In regards to that trade, what does Rudy need to do this season for you to look at that trade and maybe say, you know what, maybe a 2027 20, first isn't that good. You know what, Walker Kessler isn't actually playing that well right now. Uh, what, what does Rudy need to do? Does he need to win that Defensive Player of the Year? Does he need to help lead this team on a long playoff run? What does that look like?
3: that's what it is to me he needs to lead them on the playoff hunt and i think the levels he's playing at right now rudy is looks outstanding and Mm -hmm. and that's the rudy that we wanted we don't need rudy to score a lot of points he scores 10 11 points great but he we need him for the rebounds and the the points will come from other people and and i'll tell you i think we're already seeing a little bit of that with big cat uh it gives cat a little bit more flexibility on the outside which is where he wants to be but Let's be honest, guys. The defensive side of the Timberwolves so far has been shut down. Now it's yeah. four or five games in, so we'll see how that goes. And the one team that we've got to beat at some point in time is the Nuggets. Well, they had 110, so that's one of those things where at some point we've got to show that we're going to close that gap with Denver. Not not necessarily you know, take games from them even, but let's get that gap a little bit closer than what it is right now, which is about a 20-point gap when we play against them.
4: Well, they just beat Denver a couple days ago pretty Pretty good. It was not yep. that close. They blew him out. Uh, yep. showing that Jokic can get uh yep. Jokic still had a very good game. He's still incredible. But they yeah, shut him good. down enough.
5: Uh
2: I think it's consistency. Um and, and that's I mean that's what we said, right? I think as long as Rudy can lock down the inside. Watching the game last night, he just it's really hard to out rebound him. I mean, he just soars. Uh as long as they can do that, I think then it comes down to the transition defense still isn't great. I mean, let's be like like I watching that game last night. A lot of Utah's uh, points, especially like in that second quarter, uh, came off that transition. They're still giving up that long three. But I mean, this defense, that's what they do, right? If you're going to beat them, you're going to beat them with a long three. But you're not going to beat them inside because that's where Rudy or Big Cat or or Nas Reed. uh, Nas Reed. Yeah, good. I love that kid. (laughs) I want to talk about
4: Nas Reed with Chris Hine when he joins us in the next hour. Yep, yeah. and you know, one reason they're not they haven't maybe been able to close out on those outside shooters. Jaden McDaniels has been getting in trouble early with yep. fouls. So, if he's out there, he's one of the best perimeter defenders in the NBA, if not the best perimeter defender. So, th- there's even room for improvement even with how well this defense has mm-hmm. been playing. All right, number 2 here over to you, Dave. Congratulations to the Texas Rangers on winning their first ever World Series. That ends the longest streak of one franchise not winning a championship in the four major sports. The new holder of that record, the Minnesota Vikings, of course, <laughs> oh, God. the longest uh, original franchise to not win a championship mm. but back to baseball here free agents are now free from their previous teams and the offseason that has officially started uh technically i believe they can start signing tomorrow i think is day one of when yep. they can negotiate and they can sign and they can trade and all of those things what should the twins goals be for this offseason what is maybe one position or one place where you want them to really hone in on and then as just a fun little side fact it's before free agency so who the heck knows Make your pick. Who's winning the 2024 World Series? Oh my gosh! The 2024, <laughs> 2024 World Series. One year from now, who is bringing home the trophy? Oh boy! Oh,
2: I'll say Philly. Uh, I, I still think that they they came on pretty good in the end, but it was it was. Uh, I'll I'll pick them next year because it it doesn't matter at this point. But um, I think for the Twins, it, it's what it always is. They they just need. I would like to see. Probably better pitching now. Whether whether that's another starter because they're they're probably going to lose. Uh, we know that they're going to lose some starters. Um, I would like to see them add another starting pitcher. That's but I mean literally every team in Major League Baseball would yeah. like to add <laughs> another starting pitcher, right? The bullpen at times uh, needed some help, so I think I, I'd like to see that. I center field's going to be interesting to see what happens because I think Michael A. Taylor is a um, He's a free agent. Yep, we don't know. We don't know what Buxton's going to be, I, and I hate to say that because at this point he's what thirty something. We just we don't know what he's going to come back to, and without a viable option for Buxton, I get that that worries me because we don't know what he is, and and every year it seems like this is the year for Buxton, and then something happens. So in my mind, it, it's starting pitching one it's bullpen two it's someone to make a, a safety insurance policy for byron buxton three
3: i think what we need to do is uh, and i'm not even joking about this but we've got to figure out which do we go for something big finally do we ever actually cross over that line guys where we we, we go big do we go for an otani i know he's going to be out next year at least from from some of his duties, but. There's the possibility of him being on the field, maybe. Yamamoto's another guy who's mm-hmm. been pretty outstanding. Mm-hmm. I just wonder, can we go somewhere and get something that's a big splash? Because we don't get that many big splashes in Minnesota. Once I in a mean, while, we get it, right? We, we do a big trade, and then everybody complains about the trade. But uh, if you if you go big, uh, you got to go big or go home. And I think that the Twins are in a great spot right now with the core that they've got to maybe find something that they're missing. And if they could do that... I think with a big splash, that would be awesome. I think we'd have people in that stadium that would be filling it up every single night.
4: I mean I, I don't know what else is a big splash other than, you know, Carlos Correa and trading the reigning batting champion for for a number one ace starter. They they made those two moves both last year. Those were yep. pretty pretty massive splashes. I, you can call me a Twins apologist if you'd like, but I, it this class of free agents doesn't entice me to the top of it. Shohei doesn't it just it's not going to happen. It doesn't make sense they didn't well, no, LA and the rest. Right, that's <sighs> just it. You're, they're you're good. swimming in shark-infested waters with big sharks, and you are
2: not. Uh, listen.
3: Why can't sh- we be a big shark, guys? I want to yeah. be the big shark. That's what because I'm saying.
2: <laughs> I, listen, I do too, but you you can't outbid the Mets, the Giants, the Dodgers, the Angels, the Yankees, the Red so- I mean, you just, you just can't. It's not possible, especially not with what they're dealing with. Uh, but I will say this. If there was ever a time to make a massive push, mm-hmm. I think for, for Thad Levine and Derek Falby. This is it. They, they are not going to have a lot. They don't have a five-year runway here to turn this thing around. In, in yeah. my mind, they don't. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there's just – I think there's a sense of urgency in the next year or two for this franchise. Yeah.
4: And, I mean, I my point is I think that that would come via trade versus via free agency. The free agent crop, the top of it is so high, and the rest is eh not it doesn't exactly excite you all right let's go number three here let's uh speed it up we're running a little behind but 34 years ago today fellas do you know what's coming we heard a legendary legendary rant and i can only play you the radio friendly version of course but here it is oh god that's amazing (laughs) <laughs> and it goes on like that, and you know oh, it does. Nerd. You know the clip. You know the Burnsy rant by heart by now, I'd imagine. Pete, what's your favorite coach rant, a breakdown of all time?
3: It absolutely is that one. I played for Jerry Burns. I thought he was the the greatest coach. I loved his approach. I loved everything about the guy, the way he – He'd walk through all of us as we're stretching on the ground and he'd ask us if we want to stick a gum and just kind of walked around like he wasn't even really a part of it. He was just a guy there that was there to entertain us. But he was he was so fun and so motivating and so smart and how he said things. It was and that's why Bud Grant backed him up so much, you know, into the future about he should have been the head coach. They didn't do the right thing. And then they finally did the right thing and made him the head coach. Jerry Burns. All time, uh, that and, and and let's be honest, uh, we've had uh, other coaches that yes, have been have. pretty phenomenal. One who went to Arizona made it pretty fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> we are who we thought they were, and all that That's kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, those oh, yeah. are great. I
2: right. have a I have a strong number one for this, and it, and I it's always been my favorite one. It's not Jim Mora on playoffs, so the, that was great too. Jenny, do you guys remember Mike <laughs> Gundy when he yes. was the coach? And I'm I believe forty. It was, it was Oklahoma State. Oklahoma. I'm a man. I'm forty. Come pick on me. <laughs> Don't pick on it's him. He's just a kid. Uh. It's the best one. And and now I'm I'm four. I turn. Uh, I think I turned forty five this year. I'm forty four now. I so desperately for my fortieth birthday. I begged my wife. I said, "Can I recreate that for social media?" And she said, "No." But I I that to me that was my all time favorite. I love it because. He went to you know he he put himself out there for his kid, but it was just such a great rant. It was and it was what he. I mean, you you know that he rehearsed that in the mirror before going out to press availability that day. You just know. By the
3: way, Charlie, uh, you missed out on one great thing. Mike Leach almost was the coach at the University of Minnesota, and that guy was a quote machine.
4: (laughs) Oh (laughs) yes, he was. How many coaches have almost been the coach at the University of Minnesota? (laughs) I mean. (laughs) <laughs> you know woodson right uh i went out to ucla the whole snowstorm story there there's so many that's Oh, uh, we were almost there and they just almost never, had him yeah never was for the snowstorm all right quick last one here fellas legendary basketball coach bob knight passed away this week at the age of 83 yep. knight well known for his somewhat hot-headedness but as well as his rabid passion for his players and advocacy for them had a you know a a up and down legacy i guess you could say many 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 loved bob knight uh and uh and yeah uh so my question for you who's your favorite coach growing up who is who is the person that that you really look at as as that coach it could be little league it could be you know you know for pete you could be all the way to professional you could say bernsey but who's who's your favorite coach is this well, me first or is this? go oh, ahead? Go ahead Dave. Dave. Go ahead,
3: Dave.
2: Go ahead. I, I yeah. so I had a great coach. Uh he was he was my Pop Warner and middle school football coach. Um his name was Roy Dale, he's fantastic, and he just had this way of getting everybody he's so pumped up. Uh and, and what I loved about him is that whether you were the top guy on the team or you were a third string bench warmer, <clears throat> me, um, he still he cared about you. And he found ways to, to motivate you. And I will tell you, as it, I'm a youth hockey coach now, I absolutely copied every play of his playbook.
3: I would say uh, Jerry Burns, unbelievable and entertaining and all the, the all the great things that go along with him. But Coach Lou Holtz, there is nobody like Lou. Uh, Lou was special and, and did an amazing job of, of doing so much with so little. And I honestly mean that, yeah. that I, I – I, to this day, I just look at the guy and I smile every time I see his picture or I see him in person or whatever. He he was a special guy for sure.
2: By the way, um, in the break, go to YouTube and search Bob Knight golf uh, golfing tips highlight. You'll thank me later. It's the greatest <laughs> video on YouTube. Charlie, help me out. Are we done for this hour? Or do we have a break and are we coming back? All right. So we're going to take a quick break. Go watch the video. We'll see you on the other side of the break.